Welcome to Retirement Unlimited with Randy Barkley. Retirement Unlimited is an informative weekly radio program dedicated to offering factual information and sound advice for those wanting to know more about retirement planning. Proper advice depends on complete analysis of all the facts and circumstances. Information given on this program is in the nature of general financial comment and cannot be relied upon as pertaining to your specific situation. Listeners should consult their own financial advisor or conduct their own due diligence before making any financial decisions. This is to protect your assets. Randy Barkley is a California life insurance agent. California license number 0518567. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated. Tricord Advisors Inc. is a registered investment advisor. Now, here's Randy Barkley. Welcome to Retirement Unlimited. This is the radio program that is dedicated to helping you make smart decisions about your money. I'm your host, Randy Barkley, and I'm the president of Tricord Advisors. Tricord is a registered investment advisory firm, and we're located in Riverside. We serve the Inland Empire. I'm a certified financial planner, and we are fiduciaries. There's three other individuals in our office that are also certified financial planners, as well as one is an attorney. So if you'd like to know more about our firm, I really do encourage you to go to our website, which is www.retirementunlimited.com. Now, every week, what I do is I I, uh, I have basically three parts to my radio program. The first part is what I refer to as retirement update. The second one is tactical asset management. And the third one is news you can use. Now, in the uh, first segment of the program today under retirement update, I just want to kind of talk to you about some of the trends that are happening uh, in our country right now. You know, in, in 2020, the world was basically turned upside down because of COVID-19, but, but 2020 also marked another milestone that will change our world. And that is the number of people 65 and older, they actually outnumbered the children under age five. Now, this is the first time this has ever happened in the history of our country. And this is just the beginning, folks. So our ability to live longer, healthier, and more productive lives is one of the is one of humankind's greatest accomplishments. Over the next two decades, the number of people aged 65 and older will nearly double to more than 72 million people, or basically the ratio is one out of five Americans. And most 65-year-olds today, if you're 65, you will live probably into your 90s. So some researchers right now believe that the first person living today, maybe you've heard this, the first person that will reach 150 years of age. Now, again, I know most people I talk to are not counting on that. In fact, most people, when I look at from our planning standpoint, we, we put age 100 is how long, how long people will live. And they always kind of poke at that and say, I don't think I'm going to live that long. We put it there as a milestone because if you do, we want to make sure that your money outlasts you. So the question of retirement and our business, financial services, you know, the issue is, is it's no longer just saving for retirement because the time frame that somebody is going to live beyond retirement is substantially greater than what it used to be. So the first thing we have to do is we have to create a new mindset around aging. This whole aspect of aging is that you're going to peak in your mid you know, 40s or 50s, and then you're going to go into this eventual decline after you retire. That's not really true. So people are embracing age as a period of continual growth. I have many clients 
that I sit down and talk with and I say, we don't use the word retirement, we use the word transition. And in transition, what we want to do is we want to talk about what are you going to experience after retirement? So instead of seeing just expensive costs, you know, the cost of retirement and spending your money down, we're witnessing an explosion in the consumer market because most people that are retired have excess earnings and excess savings. So they can they can either remodel their home, they sell their home. I, this year here, because the real estate market and interest rates is low, I've seen more people in just a state of transition. I just met with, with a client the other day. They, they came down from Montana. They moved from here and they bought a place up in Montana, very remote. I have another client that's up in Idaho that I just talked to late last week. I have other clients over in Kansas. Everybody's in movement. Texas, it, it, there's other destination spots all over the country. And we continue to talk about what their life is like after the movement. So after they've retired, moved up. And in most cases, what they're doing is they're entering into another phase of their life that they never thought they would have ever gone into if they would have had this conversation, let's say, 10 years ago. So not only is life expectancy lengthening out, but the quality of life is also lengthening out. People are not only living longer, but they're living healthier. And so along with this, what we're having is a lot of conversation, again, not talking about retirement, but we're also talking about transition. And now the key part of, of um, retirement planning, we used to have what we call the three pillars. The three pillars of the three-legged stool, it was social security, individual savings, and if you're lucky enough, you, lucky enough, you had an individual retirement, you know, a pension plan. Uh, most of you probably have like a 401k, but it was those three parts that, that we kind of looked at and what was going to be the income coming off of that. Now, a key part of that retirement model that most of us have grown up with is that freedom from work. You know, and it's, I get to a certain stage and I'm done. Today, a key part of extended middle age is the freedom to work. And I'm having more and more of my clients continue to work in some way, either from the sense of, you know, going back as a consultant to the company that they worked with for a number of years, or they're working to do some other things. It isn't always necessarily for money, although in most cases, people get compensated something for what they're doing. So the whole aspect of saving and building up a financial planning, what we're doing is not saving for retirement, we are saving for life. So saving for life deals with an extended lifestyle, an extended you know, period of time that you're going to continue to do a lot of the things that you, you, you still did, but maybe in more in a minimal amount when you were still working. But now you're pushing out. You're pushing out and doing more. And it isn't just a sense of uh, pleasure, you know, like travel or, you know, buying this or doing that to just ingratiate yourself. It is the service to others that I'm finding that a lot of people are doing. And this is something that's probably the most rewarding. And it's something that I would strongly suggest and encourage people to really sit back and kind of think about what is the next stage of their life going to be. This is really important. And we take our clients through this as we sit down and talk with them about what's their transition going to look like. So again, not only will you have social security, but also maybe you'll have pension and savings on top of that. The other aspect is health insurance. We have to be financially resilient and health insurance is the one area where people have probably the, they're the least prepared for when that happens. I just had a client who called me today, the wife, the, the husband is starting to decline, but he's in his 90s. So we've already planned for it. So it's not a surprise. 
financially, nobody likes to go through a decline in health. But the issue is, is that we've talked about it. And we have a plan going forward. The other, the other thing, too, is that other fourth part of, of the financial plan, retirement plan, is earnings from work. Because work continues. And I want people to be creative. I don't want people just to say, okay, my life is over from a productive standpoint. There's a lot of productivity left in your life as you continue. So therefore, we need to have this, this aspect of the shared economy isn't only helping you to live better, but it's also helping you live, provide new sources of income. Um, all these things will be coming along to you. But if you don't think about it, if you don't talk about it, all of a sudden you get this like a drop off the cliff. You know, you hit the, the uh, stop button and you don't know what the next step is going to be. So therefore, we want to spend a great deal of time talking about what your retirement is going to look like. The key word again, transition, what that transition is going to look like for you for the next 30, potentially 40 years of your life. I'd like to talk to you more about this. So give me a call. My phone number is 951-684-7011. Stay tuned for my next section. I'm going to talk about tactical asset management. You know, retirement is supposed to be a secure time. Are you secure? Do you and your loved ones have the information needed to make the right decisions about retirement? You need counsel, not another salesperson, an advisor that looks out for your interest more than theirs. This is Dennis Prager, and I'd like you to call Randy Barkley, a certified financial planner who's been serving the Inland Empire for over 26 years. He's a retirement specialist who works for you on all the important and often confusing things that determine how comfortable you are in retirement. Call Randy Barkley for a free consultation and learn for yourself what I've learned he can be trusted. Randy Barkley, 888-627-8371, 888-627-8371. Or visit me, Randy Barkley, at retirementunlimited.com. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisor, clearing through TD Ameritrade, member FINRA, SIPC, MSRB. AM 590, the answer. Welcome back. This is the section of the program that I refer to as tactical asset management. Will, they, will Biden's corporate tax plan, will it change your investment accounts? Will it have a major impact if it gets enacted? Will it have a dramatic change on the corporate values? In other words, the stock price. And multinational companies and this is what Biden is trying to do. So I want to kind of bring you up to date on this because this could have some sweeping impact. But the question is, is will it have a major impact? So multinationals, they soon will be forced to pay a higher share of their profits to the governments of the countries where they operate. So a lot of multinational companies, they have relocated. One of the prime destinations is Ireland. This is one country that's protesting this whole thing. But Biden has actually reached out to all these other countries, particularly in Europe, and said these companies are, are basically headquartering, headquartering in your land, and you're giving them a zero or extremely low tax, but they are selling their goods. They're making their goods, and they're selling them to our country but they're not paying their fair share of what he perceives the tax that they should pay. Now, inside of the United States, so Biden, is he has what he calls American tax plan. 
And he wants to move the statutory federal rate on, on corporations from 21%, excuse me, from 21% to 28%. And he wants to remove incentives to relocate profits and the production to tax havens. So he, what he wants to do is to impose a 15% minimum tax on businesses that report high profits to investors, but little or no taxable income to the Internal Revenue Service. Now, this is an important aspect. I mean, it's good to kind of flesh this out, kind of look, peel back, so to speak, the onion and take a look at what's inside. A lot of these uh, companies, they relocate on purpose because they go into a more favorable tax um, treatment or a country that is not going to tax them as high. Now, a lot of these countries enjoy phenomenal revenue because of the employment. You know, they hire a lot of people. Um, They do a lot of improvements and redevelopment in the areas, but they pay a relatively low minimum tax or, or tax to that particular country. And of course, the advantage is they don't have to pay any tax or very minimal tax to the country that they sell most of their goods and services. And again, remember, the United States, 70% of our economy is based upon consumption. So we're, we're still the biggest consumer of finished goods in the world. So businesses that generate most of their valuable from intangible assets, such as software and pharmaceutical and they will have, you know, therefore they have the easiest time of shifting their profits to avoid the IRS. They're going to be the ones that are going to be hit the hardest. So we're looking at rotating and looking at the tax basis. So going forward, now other sectors, uh, they're going to have they're going to have less success. For example, like telecoms, retailers, uh, banks, um, they they actually stand to benefit from this because. It is more difficult for them to move their station, you know, their their headquarters from the country of operation to another country, some other haven. So, on a relative basis, this is going to affect different companies in different ways, and it's also going to affect stock prices. Now, again, a lot of the software companies and pharmaceutical companies, they have phenomenal cash flow and they have phenomenal profit. So. From a standpoint of shareholders and dividends, they're probably still going to be able to maintain their dividend flow because competitive environment, people can move their investments wherever they want to. Now, on an individual basis, we're not going to see a lot of individuals be affected by this tax change because most most investors have their money invested through pensions and or retirement plans. Only about 25% of of investors are individual investors, so they would be affected by a, by a tax hike. So even on a corporate level, it is going to have minimal effect. We don't see it having major changes as far as to the values of the stock market. Now, again, if all of your stock is in a pharmaceutical company and that, and that company is headquartered, let's say in Ireland, they're going to have to pay more in taxes, which is probably going to reduce the value of their stock potentially. But I wouldn't be I wouldn't be running scared and selling all my stock. I would say it would be time to kind of readjust. It'd be reevaluate those particular holdings, and that's what we do in light of some of the political and the potential costs that that particular company may have to go through. So, therefore, what we want to talk about is what is the actual impact on these on these companies, and the amount of tax we're talking about is not going to ruin these companies. It's going to be a redirection. Now, the one thing that, you know, we had this uh, repatriation of outside profits 
and companies were supposed to come back and bring their profits back into the United States, but to create jobs, to go into the inner cities and to go to go into developed areas where money needs to be to develop better employment, better job opportunities. Most of the companies, frankly, folks, they got the advantage of that, but they didn't do that. They brought their profits back into the United States, but what they ended up doing is buying their own shares back. So what they did is they reduced the amount of public shares that that particular company had. They didn't go and really spend that money in the areas that the Trump administration was hoping that they would do because there was no demand on it. So companies took advantage of it, but they didn't utilize it in the way that it was first advertised. So therefore, I think companies should be held accountable for the amount of revenue that they make. And I think from the long run, it will be more beneficial to society for companies to pay what they consider their fair share. Now, we can argue back and forth and say, well, what is a company's fair share? But they are receiving benefit by having their headquarters in another country and taking advantage, having the advantage of having a great, strong consumer-based economy that they can sell their products, and they're not paying their fair share. So therefore, I think there has to be an evening out. And what we're looking at is the tax impact, and we don't think that the tax impact is going to dramatically reduce um, share values. We do think there's going to be some adjustment, and that's why you need to take a good, hard look at how your particular company, if you're concentrated into one stock or a handful of stocks, how they're going to be, um, how the stock value potentially could be affected by this change in tax policy. Now, again, it hasn't been passed, but I would say right now, based upon the things that I'm reading, it probably most likely will be passed probably by next year sometime. If you'd like to know more about this and how you can readjust, rebalance your portfolio so that it gives you the best outcome for you, give me a call. My phone number is 951-684-7011. Let's build a plan together, something that's going to build the right lifestyle for you for the rest of your life. Stay tuned for my next section. I'm going to talk about news you can use. Hi, this is Hugh Hewitt. Hey, if you're retired or approaching retirement, listen up. Retirement planning is critical to your financial health. And like choosing the right doctor, your financial planner must be able to understand your concerns, help you navigate through your retirement, which can be filled with uncertainty, volatility. Certified financial planner Randy Barkley has been assisting clients for 30 years by helping them understand all the information that to most of us can be overwhelming. Go to retirementunlimited.org or call Randy Barkley for a no-obligation appointment at 888-627-8371. That's 888-627-8371, retirementunlimited.org. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisor, clearing through TD Ameritrade, member FINRA, SIPC, MSRB. AM 590, the answer. Welcome back. This is the section of the program that I refer to as news you can use. You know, if you're like I am, prior to COVID, you'd walk into a coffee shop, let's say, and your bill was $4, $5, $6. And you probably reached in and if you were close to my age, you probably handed them cash and they hand you back change. And we used to collect that change. But then COVID hit. COVID hit. And first of all, you couldn't even get into the place of establishment. You're working, you're walking through a window, you know, drive up. And the first thing they do is they stick out this piece of machinery at you, this this technology, and they want you to put your credit card in there. Of course, the reader is what it's called. But what I'm what I'm 
there was actually, you know, there was certain areas where businesses were wanting to end cash as a as a way to transact. And COVID accelerated that. Now, for most of us, and of course, it's no big deal. We I always sense that it's kind of silly to use your credit card for a, a $3 purchase or a $5 purchase when you can put cash in there and get the change. And we always felt, felt like the cash was someplace that we could save some money because we'd take our loose change and put that into a bucket someplace. But the younger generation, to them, it is just a matter of second nature. They just hit their card. Uh, now it's their phone. Uh, in some cases, it's probably even less than that. I don't even know anymore because the technology is moving so quickly. But this article that came out, it said cashless future. Um, and the comment after it was don't bank on it. And it went through and it kind of analyzed regions in particular uh, the whole aspect of the health crisis and the impact of COVID and what it did on the way in which you and I do our transactions. And, and he said, consumers are shunning cash for a number of reasons, including convenience and a desire to avoid bills and coins as potential sources of coronavirus transmission. I don't know about you, but I normally put the change in my pocket. I don't put it by my mouth. But digital retail sales were up 37% in the third quarter last year. And what that means is that more and more people are using their card. They're using some other method methodology to pay, and they're not using cash. So some businesses went the next step and says, we're just going to ban cash. So there was an outcry and said, my cash is no longer good. You will no longer recognize the dollars that I have in my back pocket. So local um, municipalities came back and said, no, if you're going to do business in our city, you must accept cash because there's still a, a good, good part of our population that uses cash to do transactions. You know, whether you've accumulated that at home or whether you just have it, and it's just a matter of habit, the way you use your cash rather than pulling out a credit card. You know, I don't want a credit card bill at the end of the year or the end of the month when I go through and look at it and it's got it's got 20, 30, 40 different transactions that are all less than $5. That doesn't make any sense to me. But at the same point in time, it seems to be very common. And now that the, the cost of doing it is zero, there is no more additional charge for, for, a, for a retailer to take your card than if you gave, give them cash. In fact, in some instances, it's more of a nuisance. But at the same point in time, it's the freedom to be able to use the cash that you have in your pocket and the fear that you won't even be able to use cash. Now, for many of you, I mean, I have cash around, not a lot, but I have some cash around just in the event that we have a, uh, you know, some, we have electrical problems and registers don't work. And so I want to be able to, to buy something, buy and sell. And I use the cash in order to I keep that reserve. And I always advise clients to have a thousand, maybe a couple thousand dollars around just for that purpose. But this article talks about that. It talks about, is cash going to become obsolete? And the bottom line is, no, it's not. Some retailers may not like it, but they're still going to have to take your cash and use it as a currency and a method to pay. If you'd like to have a copy of this article, I'd be more than happy to send it out to you. It says, cashless future, don't bank on it. Call me at my office at 951 6847011 or simply just go to my website which is www.retirementunlimited.com for more information 
Everything I've talked about here on the radio, if you'd like additional information about it, just give me a call or go to our website and ask for additional information. We'd be more than happy to send out some more to you. Until next week, folks, may you grow in wisdom and knowledge. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to Retirement Unlimited with Randy Barkley. For more information about today's show or other questions regarding your retirement planning, call Randy at 951-684-7011. That's 951-684-7011. Remember, retirement planning is a process, not a product. So call Randy at 951-684-7011 or visit his website at retirementunlimited.com. And be sure to tune in next week for another edition of Retirement Unlimited. Proper advice depends on complete analysis of all the facts and circumstances. The information given on this program is in the nature of general financial comment and cannot be relied upon as pertaining to your specific situation. Listeners should consult their own financial advisor or conduct their own due diligence before making any financial decisions. This is to protect your assets. Randy Barkley is a California life insurance agent. California license number 0518567. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated. Tricord Advisors, Inc. is a registered investment advisor.